morning. Good morning. Good morning. Good morning. How are you? Good, good. Welcome, you guys. Welcome to you too. <laughs> we gals. We gals. Morning, yes. you guys. Yeah. <laughs> so we are, uh, today is a question and answer session on uh, the parenting and mentoring videos that we've been watching. And last week is one of my favorite videos because he talked about uh, interacting with the kids. And, um, oh, no, <laughs> what are you going to do about that? <laughs> Some of the one-liners. And uh, so what we want to do is just kind of give you a, a summary of that and then take questions and answers. And uh, just wanted to get your, uh, you know, get your feedback has anybody been trying these? <laughs> yes. Oh, wow. <laughs> Hands shot up. Yep. Wow. Yep. I want to know good. how many people said, I don't know. <laughs> Probably I don't so. Know. Mm -hmm. Probably <laughs> so. So let's, let's uh, Deb, why don't you go over just a summary of what, that, uh, what the video entailed. All right. So this time around with this video, he actually gave us some applications, some things we could actually start to try and those things he coined as one-liners. Uh, in fact, he went as far as to say we should make it a little sing-songy and practice it in our cars as we drive down the road so that we can remember what they are. So here in the workbook, they actually have them listed. So it's, I know, probably so, that could be, I don't know, nice try. <laughs> How many used nice try this week? <laughs> Oh, we have a awesome. couple. That's awesome. Yeah, that's good. <laughs> so he goes on to talk about um, sort of using those in different examples. And he has an example here in the book. And the child says, it's not fair. And the parent said, I know. And the child said, you know it's not fair? Probably so. <laughs> you can't say I know when it's not fair. I know. <laughs> you are mocking me. I am not trying to, honey. I love you. Right there, I wanted to say probably so. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. Exactly. And then in the second half of the video, he talks about um, a couple of other phrases that really, I think the way he, he described it in the video is um, he pushes power across the table. Yes. So as a parent, you have to learn how to push that power across the table, right? We want to take control of the situation because we think we have the answer. And I think that's been the most uh, revelation for me is what am I going to do with me when I don't have the control anymore? What kind of mess am I going to have to clean up? Am I even going to have to clean up a mess? So a couple of the additional phrases he added in there was, I think he goes, oh, no, <coughs> right? When they've made a mistake or they've messed up. I think he talks about the child who left his book bag on the school bus with the, with the hamster inside the book bag, <laughs> <laughs> right? And as a parent, you go, oh, no. <laughs> and in my mind, I'm thinking, how much money have I invested in this hamster? How much is it <laughs> worth to me <laughs> to have to fix this kid's problem? Am I willing, right, to let this kid fix their own mess? And what if the hamster dies, right? All those thoughts are going through my head, at least as I was watching the video. And then he does, he says in the video, pushing, I'm pushed power across the table. And yeah. I say, what are you going to do? Right? And I think he gives the example where <laughs> the child looks back at him and goes, what do you mean, what am I going to do? Yeah. <laughs> You're going to fix this. 
So he goes through that experience of that with his daughter, Britt, when she makes her own lunch. If you all remember that from the video, he talks about how she was really excited about making her own lunch and then promptly forgets it on the kitchen counter. And the exchange that happens between his wife and Britt when Britt calls from the school and says, can you bring my lunch to me? And she says, oh, no, what are you going to do? Well, Mom, I was calling you to get <laughs> my lunch and bring it to school, right? But she knows what she's going to do with her when her response is, honey, I'm not coming to school today. What are you going to do? And I think one of the most interesting um, aspects of this particular video is recognizing that you can't help someone that doesn't have a problem. That was a huge statement. It was a huge point in this video, right? So when they're whining and complaining and upset, can you really offer help to someone like that? Why is this happening to me? Can you really help someone who's like that? You really can only offer assistance to someone who has a problem. And until you get them to own and recognize that they're the one that's created this problem and that they're the one that'll have to figure their way out of it, you really cannot contribute your pearls of wisdom to the situation. And that's, that's the environment you want to create with your kids, is one where they own the problem, it's their mess, you're going <coughs> to control you, right? And you're going to help them if they want your help. If they don't want your help, that's fine, right? <laughs> so any thoughts from you guys <laughs> as, as I share this, um, these pieces? Any experience yourselves with your own kids? I figure Brian would tattle on me. I failed miserably at this Monday. <laughs> <laughs> it wasn't my fault. So Abigail had a rough... Oh, no. <laughs> <laughs> what are you going to do about that? <laughs> I, know, I know what I did about it. <laughs> and then Brian said, why did you do that? Well, said, you know, I said, I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> we have, um, you know, we, we have a system that has worked at our house, but there's still been gaps, and this is new to us, and I think this fills in some of those gaps, but there's some of the principles in the Word that this really has brought out that we didn't necessarily have a definition for, but it's stuff that the Holy Spirit told us as we were, you know, becoming parents, because I was, you know, we were early on in our, in having kids when I went, there's no manual for kids. There's no operator's manual for kids. And the Holy Spirit was like, yes, there is. And I went, oh, yeah, <laughs> that's right. There is an operator's manual. And, um, and so we started going to, you know, once we defined love, which God is love, we started applying some of those things. But we still didn't have everything together, and there were still some gaps. And like, you know, this week, this is one where, you know, I'm thinking, oh, don't go do it. Don't go. And you can tell the story. But we still are learning as well and getting some of these things. But this blends very well with what we've learned. And, and I'll have something else to share after you tell the story because I... Did, has anybody failed this week? Anybody willing to say? <laughs> That's good. Thank y'all for keeping. It's hard. It's hard to uh, hard to help somebody that doesn't have a problem. That that was a huge statement. So tell the story, and I think they'll relate. So Abigail had a really rough day Monday. Like stuff went wrong, and 
a teacher was just out of sorts and cranky and then another one told her that he was going to just load her down with homework over Thanksgiving. Homework has already been an issue. So it was like three things in a row, bam, bam, bam. And then she boxed or texted me and I could tell in her text that she was upset and then the phone rang at like, let's see, her driver's ed starts at 4. Okay, so the phone rang at 3.40 and I could hear in her voice that she was fighting back tears. She had had driver's ed on Saturday and put her bag on the couch when she got home because we immediately went and did something. Well, it wasn't with her book bag, so her driver's ed manual didn't get to school on Monday. And she goes, Mom, I forgot my bag. It's on the couch. <laughs> Class starts at 4. And I'm like, okay. <laughs> I'll be right there. So I grabbed up Luke. And, yeah, Monday was just, Monday was an opportunistic day for everybody in the Wright family. And so I had Luke at work with me that day, and I grab him up under one arm, and I grab my bag on the other arm, and I run to my boss's office. It's like, Abigail forgot her books. I got to go to school. See you tomorrow. And I go running. And I call Brian. He's like, why did you do that? I said, I don't know. <laughs> she was crying. Yep. And, and that's, the, that's really the rub is, we have to find that balance between loving on them and loving on you know, our children, and but being strong enough to do what's going to actually help them, you know. And but see, what the world has taught us is that loving on them is solving their problems, mm -hmm. you know. And as much as I would say that we get some stuff in our parenting right, we still miss it, and we still have those moments. And as soon as we got the phone call, my head went to oh no <laughs> what are you gonna do about that and then I didn't hear anything else and I went Abigail did not text me back I wonder what happened oh I know what happened <laughs> <laughs> I was like so I was just waiting I was waiting for the phone call you know um, so Abigail had her books you know at home I was like oh yeah how'd that get handled <laughs> I put did, on my cape how did that how did that happen and uh, she went, I know, as soon as I got in the car, I, I was going, oh, God. You know, but see, the world has taught us that love is not letting our kids fail. And that's a lie. And here's, here's how you know that, because God is love. See, the parallel to this is, how many things has God let you fail at? How many things has God let you fall down on? How many things has he, you know, flown in like super God, super Lord, put his cape on and solved all your stuff without any participation from you? See, it, it's a partnership. There's a, what I love about the whole uh, issue is, the whole teaching is that it's more based on fellowship and relationships than it is correction. In other words, God will let you mess up. And until you get to the place where you have a problem, have you noticed you really don't go to God? Isn't that the pattern that we've seen all throughout the Bible is that until we have a problem, we don't need Him. And if we can solve our problems, this is part of the problem that's been in America. If we can solve our problems by money or technology, then how much prayer goes up? Right. 
And so what happens in our parenting is if we're constantly solving the problems, we're not letting them have you know, a, a, a meltdown, then what's happening is that we're always going to come in and solve it. And when the problems go beyond our ability to solve, the kid now an adult or close to it implodes. And whose fault is it? It's ours. Oh no. What are you going to do about that? <laughs> you know? And so we, what we've got to do is recognize that now and say, all right, Lord, I need to start employing some things now and not wait till it becomes, you know. Uh, how many people have ever had a, um, a strong-willed child at three and four and five, right? Well, let me let me Two just put it to you like this, yeah. It's like yeah, yeah. All right, all right. So, and let me ask you this question: Multiply that times teenager. Ew. Right. Okay. And I got your attention. <laughs> Boarding school. You, you got <laughs> Nicole. <laughs> I love you, Rachel. <laughs> but can you see? Can you see this problem multiplying and expanding? If it, if you don't do something now, then what you're doing is you are teaching them how to be a, a good, you know, jail citizen. I mean, then that's the truth. Um, I watched a video. It was this morning or last night. Uh, Y'all may have seen it. Some kid who, you know, was upset because his video game was taken away, and he starts flipping tables, Thanksgiving tables, oh, and um, you know, just yeah. But see, that didn't start then. He was about sixteen or seventeen, something like that. That didn't start then. That's been allowed for a long time. That's that parent's fault. Mm. Now that where's that kid heading to? He's heading straight into. To prison, yeah, he's heading straight there. And whose fault is that? And and so you have to understand that this really models the heartbeat of God because God doesn't swoop in and solve your problems until there's a relationship between you and God and you say, I need your help. Yeah. And that's the beauty of it. And and the, the biggest piece of it is that we don't crumble under the pressure Amen. in front of your kids <laughs> or or before your kids do see they've got to realize see if God just came in and he solved all of your all of your problems where would your character be see if we're if we don't have enough character to humble ourselves before almighty God and then he swoops in and solves all of our problems which is you know that's not what love does but if he swoops in then all he's doing is promoting bad character so this is why we have to outlast. And in other words, we say, look, I'm not, the, the beauty of giving up control is that's exactly what love did. We talked about that in the garden. You know, God did not have to put the, the bad tree in the garden, but he did. He passed control to us because love has to make a choice. And so that's what happens with kids. And that's what happens with if you are a boss, that's your employees. You know, we've got to teach people one of the beauty, uh, the beautiful things that the Lord taught us years ago was that our kids, we're not teaching our kids to obey us. We're teaching our kids to make wise choices. And every choice has a reaction. It has an, a cause and effect. And so we want to choose them. You make the, sure, you want to eat that junk food, that's fine. But you don't, you know, you're, you're not going to like the results of that, you know. Yep, 
but you're going to feel bad, you're going to be weak, and we can't allow that to happen. Okay, you want to stay up, you know, and, you know, stay up till 2 o'clock? So what we start doing is start asking them, okay, what's the results of this? All right, let's think down the road now. You want to stay up till 4 a.m. on Saturday night, you know. Well, one, you're, you're probably not going to feel like church, going to church tomorrow, and that's going to cause a problem for you because we're going, you know, whether you like it or not. But two, the tiredness is really going to set in. And on Monday, when you can't hold your eyes open in class and you get in trouble, that's going to be a bad decision on your part. And so we have to understand that once they face those problems, that our will is stronger and outlasts them and doesn't crumble under that. And, and we learn, you know, from when we mess it up and do it wrong too. And I've done it, I've done it just as much as Nicole had. This was just a this week example. But the beauty is that we have to let them create their own problems in a sense and then teach them how to not get in those problems before and teach them how to make right choices that will, that will stop creating those problems and then show them that we have answers for them. Because when we learn that somebody has answers for us, all of a sudden we start realizing it, at some point we wake up and go, wow, I should just talk to you all the time and submit myself to you all the time. Well, that's what we are, that example of God to our kids in this stewardship of children that he's given us. And we have to play that role. And so we, if you think about how does God treat me? How does, well, he's, is he ever not there for you? Is he's always there for us. He's always there for us. When have you gone and he's not been there? Even when you think he's not been there and you're not hearing him, he's always been there. That's right. He's always been there. It's generally generally when we go to him and we don't find him, it's because we're still pushing him away at some point, some place in our heart. But he was there. And we'll find that out later. You might not know it right now, but he was there the whole time. Yeah. That's right. So we got to we got to make sure that we you know, that we always are there for our kids. But we teach them how to make those good choices. So yeah, I think Danny's the the <coughs> language Danny uses in the video is, my job is not to control you. Yes. My job is to teach you how to control yourself. That's right. Yeah. Right. Amen. So to create an environment where a child can make choices and then learn from the consequences of those decisions. And I've got to know how to control me in the situation because that's really <laughs> the only person I can control. And I think that's been the observation if we were going to move into testimonies. I think that would be my observation from this week is recognizing I'm coming up to a point where William needs to make a decision. I can't run all over that. And I've got to be okay with whatever decision he makes as long as it's not going to put him in harm's way and know that if I'm anxious or I'm uptight or, oh, we're not going to get to somewhere on time, that's not my problem. That would have been William's problem, right. right? So the example from this week was we were due to go to basketball practice, but he was playing video games. And in the past, it's been I've reminded him at 20 minutes. I've reminded <laughs> him at 15 minutes. I've reminded <laughs> him at 10 minutes. I've reminded him at 5 minutes, right? Get ready, get ready, get ready. It's time to go, Mom! I'm playing. This week was different. This week I said, you can look at the clock just as well as I can. Amen. I'm going to sit here. <laughs> That's right. 
when we get ready to go to basketball, it's going to be when you're ready to go to basketball, not because I've reminded you four times. And I think at about five minutes until basketball started, he perked up and he went, do I have basketball tonight? I don't know. (laughs) (laughs) Do you? I do. Okay. It's probably time to go. Probably so. (laughs) And we ended up getting to basketball on time, but I really had to work on controlling myself in that situation, right? Because I was, I have so, I have for a period of time now created this environment where I'm pestering and I'm nagging and I'm nagging and I'm reminding and I'm reminding and, and to what end? Yeah. My elevated anxiety, my elevated, you know, loss, feeling of loss of control, my aggravation with why are you not listening to me? (laughs) Because of course I have all the answers because we need to do it my way. No, we don't. Had it worked all the time that you spent in the years past? (laughs) You're still having to remind or else, yeah. Yep. So So now as more and more examples of this type of thing come up, I'm finding it's not so much um, any additional whatever that's happening to William. It's that, wow, I'm really recognizing that (coughs) there's some opportunity here for me to learn better (laughs) how to control my own reactions and my own words and my own posture and my own sort of taking that onto myself and carrying that burden when it's really Revelation. <laughs> Should we hear some other testimony? Yeah, testimonies or questions. Yeah. Anybody got questions? Do we have another mic? <laughs> George has it. George has it, okay. Priscilla has both hands. <laughs> testimony question. Okay, so um, I wrote it down so I'm not long with this one. <laughs> oh, but it went away. I didn't put it in notes. So. I came out the door swinging on Monday. It was awesome. <laughs> and, uh, and so Josephine was wanting me to spell words for her, you know. And I'm like, I'm not looking in the dictionary today. What are you going to do about it? It's right there underneath her, her desk seat, you know. And then several times of doing this and saying, I don't know, you know, maybe, possibly, and all that stuff, right. And then she's like, it's like you just don't even care. I said, I love you. What are you going to do? You know what you need to do. So, And then she got over it, right? And then another thing come up, though, and Nicole. That's awesome, by the way. I reached. I started reaching for the remote to help her to rewind or something, and I was like, oh, oh, no. What are you going to do? That's awesome. And then again this morning, time to go out the door. Where's your jacket? I couldn't find it. You know, when we were in the car, she already was supposed to. What are you going to do? Can you turn the heater on? No, I'm not going to turn the heater up on full blast for you. I'm sorry. You know, wasn't even time to turn the heater on anyway because I got in the car and ran. But so that's really good. But yesterday, she did not want to clean. So at what point does my wooden spoon come back out (laughs) for respect and whatever? I just, I kept doing just what, and then ultimately, her heart opened up, and she was like, I'm sorry, you know. But first, she was giving me this pushback big time. I was like, I don't fight with children. I said, and this is disrespectful what you're doing, and it's not allowed. And you already know why it's not allowed. Yeah. And then she kicked back a minute, and then she reared back up again a little bit later, and then her heart opened up. So 
just keep doing that because eventually it worked. But it seemed wrong to allow her to continue to buck back. So is that just because she's used to the way it's been or is there something else that I need to do if that happens again? So I think what Danny describes in the book is if you've asked your child to do something and there's strong resistance, no problem, no problem. Your response should be, no problem. I'm not sure if it was in this video or if it's in one coming up. He shares an example where, I think it was in this one, his daughter didn't want to empty the dishwasher or do the dishes. Remember? She didn't want to do the dishes. She didn't want to do the dishes. Her wife was nagging, 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 nagging. Chicken coop. So Danny comes in and he's like, no problem. He emptied the dishwasher. They had, they had an established rule in the house that if you didn't do your chores, you did a chore swap. So here's Danny, no problem. I don't mind emptying the dishwasher. I can control me. I can empty the dishwasher. And what Britt came to realize was, all right, now I'm going to have to do some sort of swap, chore swap. Well, Danny offered her two options. Choices, right? It comes down to choices. And the two choices he offers her is she can clean out the chicken coop. She can clean out the garbage bins. Now, would you rather empty the dishwasher or would you rather do these other options, right? But, and I don't want to blow the story because I think it's coming, but ultimately what he says is no problem. But then there's consequences to them choosing to not do the thing you've asked them to do, right? So I'm working on this in my own household. You don't want it, no problem. Then I'll empty the dishwasher, but then I'm going to charge you $10 on your technology budget. So you're going to suffer some consequences if you choose to not empty the dishwasher when you notice that it's clean and you've gone on to do other things and you haven't made getting done what I've asked you to get done the priority. And he, he will, in coming video, share example after example after example of, in those scenarios, you control you, right? No problem. But then there's a consequence to that behavior and a consequence to that choice. Does that answer your question? You can even do that with toddlers. I know we've started, I mean, I've started that with Luke. He'll not want to do something like not pick up his toys. So I'll give him choices. Okay, well, you can either pick up your trucks or you can go sit and time out for five minutes. Pick up my trucks. You know, so I mean, even with three, a three-year-old, they understand. You know, two, he would have understood a two-year-old. You give them choices that they understand that's age appropriate. He can't necessarily, you know, trade me chores, but he understands he does not want to have to sit still for five minutes. <laughs> for a three-year-old, that's torturous. Well, and I think that people, one of the, I don't remember which philosopher, brought it about but um, they started talking about you don't want to take away your child's personality you're not taking away the child's personality you're you're letting him choose in this option you're not forcing him to be you you're allowing him to choose or allowing her to choose in other words you're making a choice but choices you know they don't go great uh, if you make the wrong one, so you're teaching them to choose and make right choices, and you're not taking away their personality. You're showing them a very re uh, real reality in this world that your choices have consequences. And uh, what happens, let me just ask, ask you this, 
What happens if you continually make bad choices and ungodly ones in your life? You know, well, your life is going to start taking a downturn. Before you know it, all the freedoms that you have are ultimately gone. You have, you have no, no real choices anymore because you have no resources to pull from. And generally, you'll find yourself at the bottom of the barrel very quickly because of those poor choices. So what you can do with a child is simply, and I love the fact that he gives them a choice of what to do. You're allowing them to make that choice. But what he does is he starts taking away those freedoms. Those freedoms start to disappear based off of your choices. And if you, here's, but here's the rub, you've got to stick to it. You know, I can remember, you know, counseling multiple times with people. It's like, man, they've been doing this for two weeks now. It's like, hey, that's a strong-willed kid. But guess what? That strong will can be great when it's focused on the right things and godly choices. So you've got to get them to help them see that if I turn this kind of will towards godliness, oh, the things that open up to you. But if you take your uh, strong will and you apply it towards your flesh nature, it's going to take you to the place where it wipes out your choices. Well, it's better them to learn that at five than it is at 25. Because at 25, life totally stinks. And you end up in some really bad places. But at five, they just don't have their toys for two months. Well, in the span of a lifetime, what, you know, how big is that? In the, moment it feel, in the moment, it feels like it's big, but it's really not that big in the big scheme of things. In the big picture, it's not a big deal. So how much better for your kid to be you know, grounded for three months at five than it is for them to be living in an oppressed life for the rest of their life, the rest of their adult life? And this is a huge, you know, huge point, and that's where we have to make sure that we give them those choices. You're not, you're not squishing your child's personality by correcting them or disciplining them. But you don't let, this is another thing, you don't let the small things go by. You know, I've found with our kids, I mean, even right now, we're facing some resistance in Luke because he's figured out he has a choice, right? And uh, even last night, uh, they were talking about words to a song, and uh, we were driving back <laughs> from the hockey game. I was, it was really funny, except for the fact, I mean, it was really funny, and Nicole and I were having a hard time not laughing, but the problem was he was deciding and focusing his will to be right. I'm right, and he wasn't. He was wrong, and um, they were like, uh, Abigail said, uh-uh. He said, yes, huh? <laughs> I'm like, who told him that, you know? And uh, he said, and uh, Rachel said, no. He, she said, that's not the words to that song. He said, I'm right. I'm like, how does he know to even say that? I'm, but see, here's the thing. <clears throat> that's pride in a three-year-old. Well, if I don't teach him the wrong things at three, Imagine what that's going to be, again, multiplied times teenager. You see? Yeah, yeah. It's huge in your adult life. So we don't, we don't allow that to go and just, you know, take seed. You know, Brother Hagen used to have a thing that says that's just ignorance gone to seed. And you allow the seed of that pride to take root grow up and then if you ever watch a plant that's in the field that's not harvested it'll just completely 
uh, bare tons of seed now and all of a sudden it's filled with a bunch of seeds but there's no fruit. There's no fruit left for it. It's not producing anything. In other words, you don't want ignorance to go up to the place where it just starts producing mass seeds of ignorance. And if you don't handle that at a young age, then you'll face uh, issue later on. So when you start seeing that pride or you start seeing any of their decisions push over, it I doesn't matter how old, how old can they start at doing that. We, we started, we started <laughs> Abigail was less than one when we started correcting her. It started in the crib. <coughs> this, this is what happened. And you you yep. remember this? Here's what happened. And see, so y'all seen this probably, but you don't think that it's, this is what really got me. Because we have a flesh nature that we're born with. And it was like this. This is the bedroom and this is the crib. And uh, we would walk out of the room and we were trying to get her to go to sleep on her own. But she wanted to be held, right? And so all of a sudden, we walked in, we walked into the bedroom and she went, she had been crying, and now she goes, um, I'm like, hold up. We walked out of the bedroom. She goes, wah, 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 I mean like this. And all of a sudden, we walk into the bedroom. She goes, mm. <laughs> well, I went, oh, no, uh-uh, no, <laughs> no, 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 no. And so now she doesn't even know what she's doing. But see, if we just continuously go and pick her up, we're teaching her that wine gets results. Yeah. Well, how's that going to work out as she grows up? So she was three months old. But see, our, the world teaches us if you leave her crying. But see, as soon as we walk into the room, there was nothing wrong with her except that she wanted her way. She wanted her way. So we had to... Uh, it wasn't easy. It was our first kid. It wasn't easy on our flesh, but we had to say, okay, there's a choice here. Somebody has a willpower, and ours has got to be stronger than hers, and we're going to start this right now, right now. And so we didn't do it every time, but we made sure she was okay, and if she was okay, then we left her. And I think that particular day she cried, I don't know how long, but it seemed like forever. And uh, she just cried and cried and cried. But eventually, she found out that whining was not going to move us. As long as she was, and, and what we started identifying was that they had, um, like when uh, Luke and Rachel and Abigail would fall. Well, we would laugh. <laughs> like that. It looks like a bad parent to the world. <laughs> I mean, just really. <laughs> But what we were doing is we were teaching them to brush off that temporary pain. Mm -hmm. And we started to recognize that if they laughed with us, they were good. But if they, this was just the Holy Spirit teaching us. But if they, if they jumped right back up and then they, they kept on crying, then we knew, all right, something's, they're hurting. It's more than just a, I fell down and I'm embarrassed. Or, or hold me. It was more than a hold me. It was a, there's something really hurt. Well, that helped us to identify very quickly if there was something serious or not. And now we don't have them crying wolf simply because they fell down. Luke has a thing right now where he's going and uh, he, you know, we're working our way through this. But somebody will say something to him and he's found out that it's funny to like, 
you know, he's got big sisters that have their own personality he's learning from, you know, and he has this thing where uh, we'll ask him a question and he'll go, and like not talk. I'm sorry, you don't have the right to make that decision right now. And uh, so we, it's not that we took control away from him, but we recognize that as he wants his way. It's a, it's a flesh response. And anytime you see a flesh response and not a response in love, you need to challenge that. That doesn't mean that you, you're not doing that, you know. Go to my room. We're not doing that every time. But we start giving a choice. Okay. All right. Well, you can either not answer, you know, and then get a whipping, maybe, uh, or and go to my room. Do you want to do that? He doesn't like that. And uh, do you want to go to our room then? No. Okay. Well, then answer, you know. You can either answer or you can just be nice. And then when he does that right and he makes the right choice, maybe it takes us two or three times, we show him, how hard was that? How hard was that? No, it wasn't. Well, what would have happened if you would have done that the first time, if you would have just answered and not, you know, what if you would have just done it right then? And all of a sudden they go, oh, wow, that was easy. That's so much easier than going to our bedroom. And that's what we want. You know, and we're teaching them how to make those right choices. And, uh, but he's going to bring up some more examples where it's not always leading to the bedroom or the wooden spoon or the belt or whatever else. Uh, and there's ways to do that because you're, you're learning how to give them relationship. Look, right now, um, you don't want mommy and daddy upset at you, Luke. You don't want to be in trouble. Would you rather be in trouble or not be in trouble? Oh, I... I don't want to be in trouble. Do you like watching TV shows? I do. Okay. Then you need to answer because if you don't answer, you don't get to watch those TV shows that you like watching. You don't get to do those things. Oh, okay. And so even last night in the, in the discussion on you know, the song, we started walking them through that and started actually just causing him to think what are the results of this? And I told him, I said, look, if you always think you're right, your sisters actually know more than you do. They've seen more stuff. They have more experience. If you will learn to listen to them, then you will, you will jump ahead and you will have a lot less trouble. You know? And especially if you listen to them and listen to mommy and daddy. Well, just that one little conversation and he changed his tune. The next time he sang the song, he sang it with the right words to it. And I was like, wow, <laughs> that, that was not that difficult, you know. But the willpower in you has to be stronger than the willpower in them. And that means, and if you got a child that's especially, has a very, very strong willpower, you're going to have to set yourself. You know, I remember we were talking the other week about, uh, you know, basically just disciplining and starting to take away some of those freedoms and, and uh, Rebecca, you, you had a situation where you were starting to take away those freedoms and it lasted like a month and a half or two months before, before you saw results. But see, if you don't do that now, then it's just going to extend that period of time. In other words, you wait another five years, now you're going to have to go through a process of three months with somebody with a stronger will, more defiant. So the time to do it is now. It is not to wait. 
Uh, but a lot of times people put that off because they, they want them to grow up and not hurt their personality. They want them to, you know, grow up and, and they, they want them to, you know, uh, I don't want to hurt them. I don't want to stunt who they are. And it's because they're not moving into it from a relationship standpoint. It's, it's moving into it from a control standpoint. And it's not meant to be controlled. It, we're teaching them how to make good decisions. Amen. Amen. Any questions? Yep. So I just wanted to underscore the consistency as well. Yes. Um, it took us, we had a chance to, an opportunity to go over the lessons before the class and, and kind of put them to work. And um, it took us a good two months <laughs> before we started seeing any kind of results from that. And I've got to be bilingual. I've got one that's three, and then we've got older kids. And it's difficult for me to switch sometimes. So, yeah. um, But um, with Ansley, it's pretty straightforward, and consistency is definitely key. With our older boys, it was the aspect of relationship. Until we managed to stress, you are not the only person affected in, in, your, in your actions. Um, it, it wasn't until we really started highlighting how it affected everyone in the family, as well as the person that was usually most upset <laughs> <laughs> then then I saw the wheels start turning and for example um, we recently got a dog a few months ago okay a few, few months ago all right <laughs> and uh, yeah. Judah is very close with the dog he loves to play with the dog and he he will play with him inappropriately sometimes in the house and he'll tease him sometimes outside and the dog has started biting his clothes and putting holes in his jeans and his shirts. And I'm a little concerned that maybe the dog would try to do that with the little ones. And so I've asked Judah, what do you think is going to happen if you keep teasing the dog? We have a guest that comes over and, and the dog rips his clothing or maybe a little a friend that comes over and the dog jumps over this child and hurts it. What, what's going to happen, Judah, if, if you keep doing this? And not really making headway with that, but was it Saturday, I think? Um, Saturday, he had walked the dog right before breakfast, and he came back in, and he <laughs> he looked like he had gone through basic training, like <laughs> underneath <laughs> barbed wire, and like... He had dirt all over him, and there were like four or five holes on his shirt. There was one in the pocket of his, his sweatpants, some on the back of his clothes, and it was like. What'd you do? I mean, so <laughs> well, my skull know. started to split open, and, <laughs> and I, I kind of had to step back and like let Chris handle it while he was still able to breathe properly, and uh, <laughs> and um, and he did awesome. He was like. Judah, what happened out there, blah, 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 you know, it kind of gave me some time to calm down, and, and then uh, I got to take a turn at bat, and it was, it was like, Judah, I've asked you not to do that, look what happened to your clothes, what are you going to do? And he was like, I'll just go get changed. I was like, yeah, that, that's awesome, but how are you going to um, clean your mess? How are you going to fix this? And he thought maybe I meant sewing it or um, throwing it in the trash. There were a couple, it was 
was very confused. He didn't understand why I was upset. So I explained to him how much the clothes that he had ruined, and this is the third outfit. <laughs> this is the third outfit that he's ruined like this. I can sew. These are beyond repair. This is, so I explained to him how much each piece of clothing cost that he had ruined, and I asked him how he was going to fix his mess. And the way his eyes widened, because we have a little capitalist, <laughs> uh, I, I touched his soul when I, <laughs> when, when I mentioned that he was going to have to dip into his piggy bank. Like yeah. <laughs> and, and he started realizing, mm, maybe this wasn't the smartest thing to do right before breakfast <laughs> on a Saturday. So um, he sat down with me at the computer, and we let him pick out some clothes. And um, I think it really struck home, the relationship aspect of this, more than what's going to happen to me, because I can handle maybe a timeout or missing a video game. How is it affecting other people, and how that how's that going to come back if I've got to <coughs> fix this later? So consistency. Like, it took us a good two, two months, but keep at it. Yeah. 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 Amen. Amen. Question? I was going to say that um, with Scarlett, I think our biggest thing this, this whole week has been the oh, no. <laughs> Me and Paul are both. Yellers, <laughs> we'll say it nicely the first four times, and then after that, it's like, I'm not gonna say it again, <laughs> like, and it just escalates so fast. So, I think that's the biggest thing in our house has been the oh no, and then just being able to say, <laughs> Walk away, yeah. settle down. Yeah, I think I me, laughed the hardest on the video when Danny went, Wong, <laughs> do what I want, Wong, <laughs> do what I want, Wong, why is this thing not working? Yes. <laughs> And then the, the second thing that I have had to work on, Paul's awesome at it. Give him a pat on the back if you want to, but I, I'm not there yet. I, I give Scarlett so much more leeway. And I'm just like, you know, she's only three, and she's, she says yes, ma'am, and she says thank you, and she puts away her laundry. And she, do, she can do that bad. You know, if that's the only thing she's doing, don't punish her for that. You know, she's doing so great. And Paul's like, no. We're not going to let that go. She can do all these other things right. She's going to do this right, too. Oh, it breaks me. I'm like, she's just a baby. You know what I mean? <laughs> I cannot get past that. So that's, another, that's, a, that's a big one. But anything that they're there. pushing into like that yeah. is going to multiply <laughs> as yeah. time goes on. And mm -hmm. that's where most people miss it. And so when you get okay with that, mm -hmm. you, you, the smallest thing, if you notice, hey, that's a, that's a flesh response. And that's, yeah. that's one of the biggest things where I see it manifesting in families today is the parents are allowing the small things mm -hmm. and those small things there's one it's like one brick in the wall yeah. and then they grow up and all of a sudden there's a wall there and they're wondering how did that get here yeah. and it's because the small things were allowed yep. yeah. well, you I think, think about a body I'm gonna hit your nurse stuff you think about a body I mean your whole body's healthy but you have one one bacteria mm -hmm. what happens if you let that one bacteria go Suddenly, you've got a body infested with, yeah. you know, cancer or whatever, and it can it can kill everything healthy. So you have to understand. I mean, obviously, we're not talking about killing people, but <laughs> but still, you look at because I mean, Luke three. So when I look at the same thing, well, is this little activity that's cute because he's three going to be cute when he's ten yeah. or eighteen, <laughs> you know, or thirty? If it's not, then I need to nip it in the bud now. Otherwise, this, you know 
cute little bacteria can fester and grow into something massive. Yeah. <laughs> the blob. The blob. Yeah. <laughs> I think the takeaway for me is I actually had to consciously think through what's my plan. If this behavior happens, what's my plan? Because I think, Jade, to your point, you get into some situations, and if you haven't thought through what your plan is, you tend to relinquish to the flesh, <laughs> right? It gets yeah. really easy to go, oh, I don't have a plan for that. I don't know what I'm going to say in that situation. Just let it go by. I'll deal, I'll deal with, with it later. later. I'll yeah. deal with it later. Yeah. But I think the more you purpose yourself to actually give yourself some time to think about, all right, if this behavior happens, these are the two choices that mm -hmm. I'll offer in this situation, right? Or to your example, if Josephine doesn't pick up and, and do her chores and is now completely acting out, already know that that possibly is going to happen ahead of time and know what your alternative plan is, right? I think that's the really the strong premise of all of this teaching is you've got to learn how to control you and have a plan for these situations, right? And I think the more we think through that and spend time with the Lord and help the Holy Spirit identify, all right, where are these buttons that I need to be aware of, right? Because mm -hmm. our kids can push our buttons, right? <laughs> but the Holy Spirit can help you work through those things. Where are they at? How do I identify them? Right? Wah, doesn't work. <laughs> Dad, blast it. Wah, come on. <laughs> right? It's, it's, and then it's working through that flesh reaction. And I think that's been the most interesting piece for me, right, is when you're, f when you're in the heat of the moment and you s right, your skull is cracking open, as Rachel <laughs> described, right? right, and the monster is coming out. It's, it's really just taking a big, deep breath yeah. and saying, I'm sorry, you're having a problem. Can I help? And if I can't, then there's consequences to, to you know, handle that situation. That's been really the biggest takeaway for me. Amen. Any more questions, pressing? <coughs> I know we're pressing beyond our normal time, but it's okay. This is a good, good session. Anybody else? Yep. Yeah. I know. I, I use a lot of these things at work with adults. <laughs> uh, because it's I, not I limited to teenage. <laughs> not at all. Not at all. I hate to say it, but. Um, but I think in our society that people have a tendency they will deflect as many of their problems as they can until they get caught. I, ha I hate to say that, but I always have people coming up to me and saying, hey, this is happening. Hey, this is happening. And really what they're saying is, hey, you need to fix this for me. And so I, what I try to do is I try to use this, um, for instance, um, I think it was Tuesday or Monday, um, one, of, one of the managers came in and they are like, hey, you know, we're having issues with this, and, and this is breaking down. And I just took the opportunity. I said, you know, most of the problems I've seen lately have been be because of preventative maintenance. And they were like, yeah, you're right. I was like, okay, so now that you know this, what are you going to do with it? So helping them understand that, hey, yes. this is a problem. You know about the problem. Mm -hmm. It's in your ability to fix the problem. How are you going to fix it? And, yeah, I will be there just like with our kids. We'll be there to help you along the way or point you in the right direction. But ultimately, it's it's kind of when that gets deflected at you, kind of pushing it back to them like, um, like, like he was saying about pushing that authority back across the table. And that's literally what this was. And I see that all the time with adults. 
and I know for being a being a man, um, I'll speak for me, um, but I think it's programmed into us that when someone brings us a problem, immediately we want to try to fix it. Um, so I know for me, standing back and saying, "Oh no," instead of saying, "Here, just give it to me," uh, that that's been something for me to learn as well, especially with the boys. Yeah. And that that's finding the rest. Uh, within ourselves to rest and trust God. So a lot of times us jumping in, in our leadership training, we talk about coaching, teaching, training, and mentoring. And a lot of times we're not willing to coach somebody and teach and train and mentor because it takes more effort. But the problem is you're not capable of going forward or growing because you haven't coached and taught and you know, train somebody to do what you need them to do so you can't multiply. And that comes from constantly jumping in and making that stuff happen. Um, so in other words, if we're not, it may cost you on the front end, but in, in the long, you know, the long game, you basically have the ability to grow in ways that you'll never have uh, before. Now that's just in leadership, but in the family it's the same way. A lot of times uh, some of the things that Nicole and I have been talking about recently is we're, we're like, how does, you know, how does, you know, one of the conversations we had this morning, Rachel sitting here, this is awesome, is uh, how does she take a 30-minute shower? How does that happen? <laughs> Just since you're sitting here, that's not okay. All right, <laughs> so... Uh, <laughs> um, but, but we love that you smell good. Yes, yeah. But, uh, you know, and I get that. I, I remember taking 30-minute showers when I was a kid, and it wasn't okay then, but it sure felt good. But it was, <laughs> and it came it came back to so the it's fact. It's your fault. Yeah, well, it came back to the fact, and I asked this question this morning. I said, have we not actually, you know, she hasn't had some, my 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 response sounded more like control but it wasn't that it's more in the coaching aspect there's not been somebody that's actually sat down and looked over a shoulder and looked over a shoulder in a good way not in the hey you're doing all this wrong but in the coaching standpoint all right listen take you know get completely wet now take the soap you know do your hair do your face do your arms do your legs do you know, and you walk through it and you find out that does not have to take that long. It, I just want it to take longer, and, and it's a relaxing. But we're sh we need to spend that time coaching. You know, it's like the toothbrush thing that we were talking about last week. You know, up and down from left to right. You know, on the tops. Now, now, you know, on the top of your teeth. Now, behind your teeth. Now, the roof of your mouth. Now, your tongue. You know, stepping through and taking that time to coach. But you know what? It's a lot easier for us just to tell them, "Go brush your teeth. Let me see them. That's not good enough. Go do it again." You know, instead of actually coaching. But if we'll coach well in the beginning, we don't have to do that. And now they know what's expected, and actually they are better equipped, and they have better knowledge. And we, so we need to take that time doing that, and we need to take that time uh, making sure that we have a stronger will that lasts beyond that. Like what you're saying, it's, it's easier just to go fix the problem than, than to sit there and go, I don't know what to do, you know. And, and you, well, figure that out. And you're, and you're turning around going, you know, oh, my gosh, you know. But, and they're like, oh, you know. And 
we were all that teenager at one point and that kid, but we've got to allow them to make the mistakes, go through, you know, uh, choose the wrong things as that we're teaching them in a safe environment so they don't choose the wrong things in a very caustic environment called the world. So, amen. Amen. Anybody else? Amen. Well, we're going into video number three next week. It's going to be awesome. Yep. Praise God. Yep. Well, Lord, we just thank you so much. Thank you, Lord, for helping us to be the parents and the mentors that you want us to be. We just praise you for that and thank you for it. Thank you, Lord, for teaching us. Thank you for showing us by setting the example of love. And we just praise you and we love you. We ask for your wisdom. We ask for your strength. We ask for your guidance to be better parents, to be better mentors. And we praise you and love you and thank you. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. amen.